the battle you need to fight is you got 30 units in a bucket. You're only on pace to sell 16. So now that you know that problem, isolate those cars and figure out what cars you need to start moving. Let's the high dollar cars, cars with no leads, mm-hmm. the cars that maybe you're heavy in that year and you're heavy in that segment. Meaning again, you have more 18s than your current sale rate. You got more large pickup trucks than your sale rate. Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Buscast. Yes, I said Buscast. I have done podcasts in planes, trains, automobiles, and yachts. But this is the first time I get to do a podcast on a bus, and it is very, very cool. And I have an amazing guest with me. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Jason Rice. What is up, it's, brother? Uh, how you doing, man? Doing it's good. good to do this I'm again with good. you. This is yeah. an awesome setting. This it, is cool. <laughs> It's 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 different. It it's, is it's, different, it's, and I love finding different ways to you know to to put a to put a podcast together. Um, hey, you know I love kicking off these podcasts with little origin stories, right? Because yep. you know I look, a, I'm always fascinated because I don't think anybody just wakes up one day and goes, yeah, the automotive industry. That's where I'm going to dedicate my lifelong career to. No. Um, <laughs> but, so let's let let's start there today. How Jason, how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? I always wanted to be a professional, but I was young. I was waiting tables. I flunked out of college essentially. <laughs> and one of the girls there that was a waitress said her boyfriend just got a job selling cars. And my naiveness, I said, "Oh, did he go to school for that?" And she's like, "No, he answered an ad in the paper." So I started looking at the paper, and it said I can make fifty to eight. 80 grand selling cars at Cribs Ford City in 1997. So I applied and got the job. (laughs) But the difference was I treated it as a career, not just a job. And I think that's the difference between a lot of people. Oh, I sold cars, but it, you know, it didn't work out. Well, 100%. 100%. Because so, a lot of guys, well, I, was, I figured I'd try it out for a little bit and see what it's like. And I was like, no. <laughs> to me, I felt special. I actually had a business card. I felt yeah, important. And I'm like, right, wow. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? It, we get bit by the automotive buck. And once you're kind of in, you're kind of in. So, yes. you know, I imagine that was the case for you. You what was do you do you remember the first car you sold <laughs> that's a funny story because it actually <laughs> was my now wife where we were dating at the time no anyways and way. we've been together 27 years and uh um she needed a car and the funny thing was when i got the job you know i didn't have ties or nothing yeah. so she bought she went into the store and bought me a cool little shirt and tie and pants and everything <laughs> and so the first car i sold was to her and guess what you do when you sell your first car you cut the tie that she just bought me. Oh, <laughs> and so man. she got to cut the tie that she just bought me the day before. So, no, that was my first car. So I didn't that's, meet that's her. Awesome. And then, but yeah, we were already together. Oh, I thought that's just, where we're going with us. No, so like, no, this no. is awesome. This is I awesome. But 27 how, years. That's so uh, cool. You know, we've been together 27 years in the car business, 25. So, yeah, we grew up in it. You know, you know, the, I, I love I actually love that. Uh, five kids, you know, like five kind of kids. Stuff, right. You know, so, well, like the automotive industry, I mean, similar to you, it's just given me so much. I mean, and my family. I mean, just amazing opportunity, you know, just to to create a career. Yes. You know, if that's the way that you've approached it. To the point where um, it's blessed our lives enough that like doing like this, I'll do weekly tips and and insights. You know, a lot of people, hey, why do you always give away your stuff? I'm like, because, you know, or I do a university every month at our our campus, a day and a half used cars is free. Just come. I'll provide great barbecue i just want to educate and give back to the industry that's been good to us you i'll know, come over good. and have some of that barbecue go. it's good stuff <laughs> joe's barbecue man. <laughs> that's awesome that's yeah. awesome i actually remember getting my tie cut 
I did something kind of funny. I, I, always, I was always a funny guy. I, you know, I, I, I think I'm pretty funny even now, but maybe not. <laughs> um, I actually wore my cut tie yeah. for several weeks afterwards because I found it was the most amazing icebreaker. Oh, yeah. That ever Smart. existed, right? Yeah. Because I would meet some part. I, think I was young. Yeah. All right. I wasn't, you know, people go, well, you're such, you're such an outgoing person. You must just be like, that. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, not really. Actually, I'm, I, I try to stray away from large groups <laughs> and if I can, I'll be pretty quiet. But, yeah. but, but no, I mean, I wore that tie until finally the GM comes and goes, Jason, you got to stop wearing the tie, you know, because <laughs> it was a great storyline. Cause someone goes up, oh, why yeah, should I, I said, I said, sir, I'm brand new here. All right, you're one of my first clients. I really hope I don't mess this up. I just yeah. did my first. You're you're my you're, you're one of my, <laughs> and I did that for like three or four weeks. And you know, what? I got to be honest with my first month, I was actually way up there, and they were like, "You need to go get another tie." <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in my office, I have a little uh, barnwood backdrop, and I have a bunch of stuff hanging on, and one of it is my that tie. I, I wish I kept it. mine. I wish yeah. that is so awesome. I it's wish still I tied mine. and cut. You know, so <laughs> I've just so got cool. that hanging on my wall there. And so, so cool. if you ever see my videos, it's sitting back there. Yeah. Well, man, I've been looking it's for ugly to, tie though. It's, it's an ugly, ugly one. Tie. I don't know how my wife. It was like some green with a green. Uh, yeah, it was bad. But yeah. <laughs> some nice patterns yeah, to it. Yeah. <laughs> a little pacey. <laughs> I'm glad um, I got cut. This is what happens when a couple podcast guys get together. We actually forget that there's actually a camera oh. and an audience, and we are just going to sit here and have a conversation. I hope you guys don't mind. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Look, I'm excited to do this podcast, man, because I, I I get to talk anything and everything we want to talk about pre-owned vehicles, and um, you know what 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 a time. Oh, what, what a time. You know, it's going to get tricky. <laughs> it's going to get tricky. But you know what, though? I don't know if you feel the same way, but I actually don't necessarily mind, you know, because it, it, maybe because in the car industry, we like we like challenges. We want a good challenge. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's like, watch this. Um, it, you know, and then that is I think that's built into a lot of our personalities. But I also think these are the times where you see the real operators. Yes. Right. You see, the real operators, the ones that truly understand what people, process, and technology can actually bring to their operations. Yep. Right. And it's, you know, it's like, look, you know, you're not having a pre owned problem. You had a pre owned problem. You're just now dealing with that problem. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think some of the most proactive, there's some amazing, some amazing operators out there. So yep. I'm curious what, for you, all right, what would be some of the, the key focuses? All right, that a pre-owned department needs to really be looking at right now for this year. Simple stuff. I mean, just the best practice to do right now, just to make sure your inventory is going good, is I, I would carry to your two-week sales cycle. So what I mean by that is, if you have a hundred cars in stock, look at what you sold in the last two weeks, times it by two. So that gives you a month supply. Don't go back 30, 45 days ago. Because yes. um, here, if you're mid-January and you went back 30 days for a carry rate. You'll get that last two weeks of December when some dealers had a big push, you know, that 13th month or sure. whatever, where a lot of guys sold a lot of cars before the end of the year. Um, and so even though the first half of January started slow, it might have you overstock. So I like looking the last two weeks times two. So if I have 100 in stock and I sold 30 in the last two weeks, if I stay at that pace, I'm only going to sell 60 mm-hmm. and I got 100 in stock. I'm too heavy. I need to start moving cars. But a lot of people are like, well, we got more. We're selling 60. We need to get to 80 or 90. We'll, we'll, let's go buy more cars. And it's tax season. Let's stock up. Mm-hmm. And then they end up getting jammed up. The car they buy today is going to be aged April 1st. And that tax season phase is starting to go away by then. And they don't look at it that way. They just think they'll go. Because even if they buy a car today, it won't be ready till mid February. It takes, if a guy buy if they're buying it and transport it and service it, it'll take yep. 10 to 14 days. 
and now you're at mid-February on this car, and you only got another 45 days before tax season's over. You know. No, and look, and you're totally right. I think some of the best pre-owned um, operators, and I'm not going to call them managers. I'm going to call them pre-owned operators, right? Yep. I think some of the best pre-owned operators that, that I've seen out there, um, they're planning for what is going to happen, but they're executing on what needs to be done today. Yeah. All right. But in their heads, what is being done today has already happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. already happened. It's it's what's going to happen next. And you know, it's funny. That's, I remember the first um, uh, mentor I had in in the used car department. Um, <laughs> traditional pre-owned uh, used car manager. You know, didn't spend a whole lot of time out of his desk. Right. Mm-hmm. Really kind of sat in the desk. But there were some things. That, look, there were some great things I learned about what to do and what not to do. Yeah. But one of the things I thought was always so so fascinating is how often he made us move the vehicles on the lot. Yes. Right. Like he really made us do it. So there were. There, there was a certain section, all right, let's say the first 10 spots, all right? And he would literally, the entire row of inventory was lined up based on how long it's been there. Oh, yeah. Okay, so going farther back towards the back of the building was actually the newest stuff. Oh. All right, everything was up there. But so, but it, so it was always kind of fun because if you sold one, then you got to move one. Okay. And I don't know if it was done on purpose or not, but he almost kind of gamified it. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, it was like, oh, it was a game. And I was like, okay, hey, I, I got one of the top 10, one of the 10, one of the 10, right? We were, you know, kind of those, you know, mm-hmm. I moved one of those. Now I get to take one from down there and I get to move it back up here, right? And that was just a way that he, in his head, managed kind of the well, flow. Well, I would thought that you would walk around those age cars because you probably couldn't make gross on them and yeah, take well, people to the back of the lot and those ones in the front <laughs> set. But maybe they spiffed them on you. But, no, that's real important is your virtual lot. You know, I was just at a 20 group two weeks ago, and I didn't have access to their data or their inventory, but I went and mystery – not mystery shop, but I went and looked at their inventory, yeah. see how their photos and descriptions and things were. And the, the not the funniest thing, but, again, some best practices – Typically, all I had to do is sort it high to low price, high dollar car, higher dollar cars tend to sit. Minivans will sit this time. So yep. anyways, I just pick and choose some of these cars. And sure enough, I mean, there's pictures in the background with tr- tr- fully leafed trees, all green. I go look at the dash shot, you know, picture of the dash, and it says 97 degrees. And they're in Philadelphia in January. <laughs> When's the last time it's been 97 degrees? With And, and count out there, count after count. I mean, literally a high percentage of their cars. I'm like, all right, these guys have an aging problem. How yes. are these cars still here? One, but you need to go back out and remove that lot around. You need yeah. to rephoto those cars, get rid of the 97 degree temperature in January. Customer knows that car's stale and it's been sitting there. So, again, redo those photos. You're going to need to do them now. And then come May or June, you got to redo the, you know, the December cars and the January cars because they've got pear trees in the background. So things like that you're going to have to stay on top of. Well, I find it's a routine. You know, I, I think some of the best uh, pre-owned operators that I've, I've met have really kind of identified, developed a routine that they s- really stick to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, but I think the routine now, I think it's fundamentally changed. So I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, what should be kind of that pre-owned operator routine these days. Well, the first one is could look at your current inventory. And if you have an inventory management tool like a Viato, Max Digital, VinQ, you can go look at what you sold out of those age buckets in the last two weeks again. So a couple examples, either you look at percentage of your dollars in those buckets or units. Uh, let's take units. That's easier math. So again, let's say you have uh, in your 31 to 45 age bucket, you have 30 units sitting there. Mm-hmm. Over the last two weeks, you sold eight. 
for a month's supply, that only puts you on pace to sell 16 out of a bucket that has 30 cars. Yeah. So be aware of that. We call it work the facts, WTF, WTF score. <laughs> I wrote a book, a WTF book. Um, but the that's a factual situation. And I yes. bring that up because a lot of people get tied up in MMR and an auction and what retail prices and stuff. And that's not not that it's not factual, but there's nothing you can do about it. Yes. What, what it MMR is. What it is yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. If the dealer down the street drops his price by a grand, you can't do nothing about it. Nope. So why fight that battle? The battle you need to fight is you got 30 units in a bucket. You're only on pace to sell 16. So now that you know that problem, Isolate those cars and figure out what cars you need to start moving. Let's the high dollar cars, cars with no leads, mm -hmm. the cars that maybe you're heavy in that year and you're heavy in that segment. Meaning, again, you have more 18s in your current sale rate. You got more large pickup trucks in your sale rate. Imagine having you're not selling enough out of 31 to 45 bucket, and you have a 2000. You're heavy in 18s. You're heavy in large pickup trucks. You're heavy in 40 to 45 grand. And there's a 2018 large pickup truck in that bucket, and it hasn't had a lead. You haven't changed the price in two weeks. All those are factual situations. Do something about it. I mean you, that you could control. You can move that year. So, uh, or, or you have leads you haven't contacted. You yes, know, conversations. We we're talking about that before. The leads yes. that you have, you have five leads, but you haven't contacted them ten or fifteen days. I'll, I'll talk to that about a used car manager. I said, hey, Mister Manager, look out in your showroom floor right now. And let me ask you: If you've seen a customer walking around for ten or fifteen minutes and no salesperson helped them, how right? they, they threw a chair through the window? Hundred percent. But they get up and they go meet and greet and do something about it. Get Tammy over, help yes. them. And why Tammy's getting you the keys? Let me go get you some water. We do something about it. Then I'll flip it around and go: How upset are you about this lead not being called in ten days, fifteen days, ten days, fifteen days? You wouldn't even mm -hmm. let ten minutes go here. You're just letting this happen. Oh, well, hold on. Let me get my BDC person. No, no, no. This is your responsibility. So that's another thing I think, you know, inventory managers need to do is, you know, be, there's be a lot of analysis. Of there's a lot of analysis. Yes. And, 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 and I love the product you bring up conversation because I think it's probably one of the key things out there. You know, it's like, you know, I have a push right now. I, I would love to see managers stop counting leads and start counting conversations, yes. right? Like, okay, I have this pre-owned vehicle. It's getting towards the tail end of its 60 day life with me. All right. What have been the conversation, not the leads, not the mm -hmm. leads. Like what have been the real actual conversations? Because I think as, as a leader, as a manager, I can dive into that conversation. I can look at it and I, maybe I can advise yeah. or give recommendations, or maybe there's something about this that's just not connecting, but I need to analyze that conversation yeah, to know that. You, you, you guys evidently are digging deeper in that. One of, but, but what I was talking about is one of the aspects we're digging into with that leads. And that's where, again, I'd like to see that conversation, <laughs> conversation happen is, um, I was just telling you, you know, we can go into CRM and see that Tammy did 200 activities yesterday. Yeah. yeah. But when I look at the activities that she did on my used cars, it was only 40 activities. So 70% of what she did for the day had nothing to do with my used cars that are sitting. And so an activity isn't necessary. So what other, what other of the 200, what were you doing? Well, it could have been new yes. car leads, which is fine. I need to work those, but it could have been, Hey, uh, the survey phone call reminder that the surveys come in or anniversary calls or birthday calls that have no relevancy to help me sell these cars. I'm heavy in large pickup trucks. I need you to work those leads. We're going that deep, but then you're going even deeper. Be again, having that conversation about conversations of those, how many actually had conversations to move up the pipeline. So yeah, there's, it's, it's getting like, it's getting deeper in those type we're, of elements, we're coming but it's day good. traders. Yeah, we're coming day traders, right? It's like, where's the attention? 
mm-hmm. what which unit has the attention which unit doesn't have the attention right and how and 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 in like a good leader how do i need to kind of move some of my efforts or those so those activities mm-hmm. right to the places that do need attention yeah. you know um but well to your look, point C- that is some of those are necessarily they're not built that way they're no. not built to give you that type of functionality. Yeah, and that's the thing. We'll be like, hey, you're heavy in large pickup trucks. Okay, well, let's isolate the large pickup truck leads, and we probably want to call them every day, every other day to get my sale rate back up so I'm not just drop in pricing. But if I have a 40-day-old lead on one of those large pickup trucks, my CRM, to your point, is not telling me to call them every day, every other day. It's like no. once a week, if that, every other week. Don't worry about calling that lead. It's 40 days old. But I'm like, hold on a second. I got trucks I got to sell, and there's somebody that's still active in my system. I need to work them. But yeah, to your point, CRMs just manage leads based on the age of the lead, which is irrelevant where the customers and their buying cycle. Not in the importance of the vehicle that needs to get moved. Not only that, if there happened to be a lead on a car that's sold, can I switch them to this car to get it, you know, switch them to this other car? We yeah, talked about that last time. Yes. And I bring that up because, you know, I'm, I'm buying probably three cars in a six month period. I just co-signed. <laughs> well, I co-signed for my son. I'll be involved in. I co-signed okay. for my son last week, so I helped him buy a car. Yep. My wife's lease is up in six months. And then my daughter is 15 turning 16 in, G- in July. She needs a car. And so my wife is already many. I mean, literally, I could show you my phone. There's 50 cars. And they're different because she's leasing a car right now, but we think we might buy a used one, a 17 yep. or 18, 35 to 50 grand luxury SUV, you know, Mercedes, even yeah. Porsche Cayennes and stuff. But that's the thing. She's sending me Audi. She's sending me a W. She sent me a Mercedes and she sent me a Porsche. And then, um, and she even submitted a lead on a trade-in evaluation. She's like, hey, give me my license plate. I want to, f- I'm filling out a trade-in form. <laughs> and at first I'm like, what? Don't know. I can do all that. And then I'm like, no, 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 do it. I want to see what they do. I want to see what happens. I want to see what they say. So anyways, she's already contacted dealers. And if she submitted a lead on a car and it sells, do they continue? I could buy next week. I yep. can buy six months from now. We could buy a Porsche. We could buy a Mercedes. We could buy. So if she submits a lead on a BMW, but they had a Porsche Cayenne. I don't know. I don't know because Audi, whatever. That's right. She's on the marketplace. I'm just looking for luxury SUV, 35 to 40 grand with uh, Apple CarPlay with decent miles. And if you could throw whatever, and most people I think are like that, they're segment price point driven. Segment and feature kind of price points. I I think we talked about this once on a podcast we did together. Um, How my wife, uh, 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 we're getting a minivan at the time. My kids were younger, so we were getting a minivan, right? And she's like, "Well, I want one of the ones with those power sliding doors." I said, "That's fine." I said, you know, and, she, and she's like, I like these town and countries. I said, okay, that's great. Here, here's six Chrysler dealerships I know won't owe me over. Yeah. So <laughs> go check these ones out. You know, and probably between the six of them, you know, they probably had 40, 50 town and countries between those six yeah, locations yeah. easily, right? Now, look, we both know all town and countries have power sliding doors. Like, yeah. that's just what, he, what you get. Okay. She come back to me and goes, I found two. You, you found two? two yeah well okay well send me the two over and just let me know why you found those two and sure enough you know was it was the only two that took a picture of the slide of the sliding door button wow so we're talking i know we mentioned a little bit earlier about kind of imageries and the importance of it and there you go so there were 50 opportunities all right yeah but the only one she found were the two that actually had the button Button a picture picture of the button with actually the sliding door so but but it's little things i I think that's the kicker i think i think some of the best pre-owned operators i've ever met all right just have an uncanny ability to to really identify the little things Mm because those little things make big big difference in our operations what would be some of the little things if you if you were talking to an operator right now what would be some of the little things that they need to go back and take a look right now 
around their pre-owned. Again, do that virtual lot walk. Make sure, and, and this is a time of year with the cold winter or the weather going up and down. You're gonna have you're gonna have shots of low tire warnings, right? You're gonna have <laughs> yes. temperatures. You have the trees in the background, that kind of stuff. Don't don't start the car and take pictures because the exhaust fumes come out, look like the car's on fire, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but also the comments to your point. You know, even though if they didn't have a picture of the power door, if that said power sliding doors, maybe she would have picked that up. So, you know, do all the goodies. Um, and meta tag it in a way where you don't know if they're looking for moon or for sunroof. So put both in your comments. You don't know if they were looking for Bluetooth <laughs> or, you know, sync, or if they're looking for rear entertainment or DVD player, seven row passenger or third row seating, you know, uh, rear. So nav GPS or navigation, you know, what are they looking for? Put all that in your comments to maximize your searches. Cause that's the thing you, you you're not going to sell a car until somebody clicks on the VDP page, get the yes. photo. But you're not going to get the VDP until you show up in a search. So if they're out there looking for moonroofs and you have it as sunroof, you know, are you getting found or, and, or go into your inventory and a lot of dealers and depending on the website provider they have, go to your left rail on your own website. And I did that at the other dealership. Mm -hmm. They did good interior photos at the uh, 20 group. This one had really good interior photos, so I couldn't catch them on the tree thing. But um, he had 15 cars missing interior color. And I'm like, oh, the low funnel shoppers are looking for black with tan or white. Sure. With, my wife wants black with tan interior. She has white with tan right now. She thinks she wants to go black. So she says, hey, I want black with tan and you don't have an interior. You just miss that low funnel buyer. Absolutely. And so simple stuff like that makes sure exterior. And sometimes you got to dumb down that exterior interior color because it's a new color that cars.com yeah, doesn't not, recognize. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, what was it? Rustic brown. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're coming up with these crazy blues and. So just put blue, you know, or black or and not all these onyx, shiny onyx graphite Sapphire color or whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, just sometimes dumb that stuff down. So people say, hey, I want black with tan. Yes. OK, so and, you know, the other thing I thought about, too, real quick, and this is outside thought, you know, a lot of people getting tied up in this market data, how fast cars are turning in the market and which ones are slow movers and fast movers. And, you know, the challenge is we go back to lead management. Um I think the performance of a car sometimes has to do with the performance of the dealership. What I mean by that, yeah. I gave an example and I wasn't looking for this type of car. And I just said, imagine I'm looking for an Audi A8, Audi A8, and I like black. And there's a black one 10 minutes from my house. So I submit a lead, but I also see a smoke gray one, but they're 30 minutes away, but it's got lower miles and it's smoke gray. It's not my favorite, but I, it's close enough. Submit a lead there. The first guy on the black one, the one I really want, calls why I can't answer the phone. He leaves me a message. Yes. But I really don't hear from him. The other guy calls. The other guy emails. The other guy sends a video. The other guy offers to bring it. Hey, I noticed you're 30 minutes away, but I can bring it to your house or your office. Hey, while it's I'm there, while I'm there yes. I can appraise your car. Who am I buying the car from? I'm buying the smoke gray one, even though I wanted the black one. The black one might have been a better mover in the market. But, but that, I, that but sounds like the better experience. Because that person element, you know, I, I wanted a red F-150. I bought a blue one only because the guy, you know what I'm saying? The, right. the guy People with the blue one. process technology. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So don't minimize the opportunities you have. And because, again, you never know. And don't degrade a particular vehicle oh, this car sucks whenever well probably because you handled it wrong you might have had leads and no one fall yeah so Look, it is it is a little things you know yeah. when i when i had my dealership i uh, started doing this which is actually it, it, what the exercise 
came outside of the automotive industry. And I think sometimes we need to do that. Mm-hmm. I think we need to sometimes look outside of the automotive industry for for insights or ideas. And and I thought this was and it was honestly one of the most beneficial things I did with my management team at the time. Is I started hosting what I call the little things meeting. Okay. All right. It was a meeting that you could not bring a big problem to because we could deal with that later, yeah. right? But it was one little thing that you were going to commit and execute in only two weeks, right? And it would just, each department would bring something little, all right? Maybe it was the where we were putting the coffee, yeah. How how we were answering the phone, you know? We were going to increase the size of the hours on the door because if you're driving by, it's really hard to read, oh, yeah. right? It's yeah. just it was little things. Just like as you were saying right now, those little things make big difference. You wanted to buy a red pickup. You bought a blue one. Yeah. The little things moved exactly. you over to that point, man. Yeah. Hey, look, I know we're getting towards the tail end yep. of our time. This has been this has uh, been such a great guy. I know we could easily jam for a lot long. longer, too. A lot yeah. longer. Uh, but before I let you go, for mm-hmm. everyone out there watching, listening, that would like to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing, all right, what's the best way to do so? Well, I'm a Jason with an E-N, so that's tough. Don't do Owen. No, but Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, we do, uh, I do, again, a weekly tips on what we're seeing in the market, some ideas uh, on YouTube, on Lot Pop Inc. on YouTube. Again, we I wrote a used car book, all the metrics that it takes to be profitable and volume, get both gross and volume, and just go to workthefacts.com. It's on Amazon. Buy it. Uh, you can get it there. Um, but yeah, that's how Jay Rice at lightpop.com. I love so, it. Hey, thank yep. you so much for taking the time to jam. This is a lot of fun. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.